It's the most wonderful time of the year. So goes the old but ever popular Christmas time song, and I couldn't agree more. I, for one, love Christmas time. It is a wonderful time of year, the most wonderful time of year. But what is it that makes it wonderful? Why do we say Merry Christmas? Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi, friends! Welcome to the Treasure Box Books podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey. And let's go find the treasures in books. Toward the end of Charles Dickens' classic story, A Christmas Carol, the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, undergoes a change of heart toward the holiday. He goes from disdaining Christmas to absolutely loving it. Here's a line from the very last paragraph of the book after Ebenezer Scrooge has his conversion experience. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us and all of us. As a dad who loves the wonder of Christmas, I long for my children to experience that wonder too, to keep Christmas well. Is that how you feel about it too? And if we're going to lead our families to keep Christmas well, we've got to know what it's all about. And then we've got to pass that along to our families. How do we do this? In this episode, I want to share five suggestions for ways you and I ourselves can keep Christmas well and then lead our families to do the same. Suggestion number one, know the message yourself. How do you do that? Read the source documents yourself, in your own language, with your own eyes. And where do you find the source documents for the Christmas story? Well, you'll find them in two places in the Bible, Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. Those are the source documents for the Christmas story. Get to know these stories, always remembering that they're not just stories, they are true stories. They are God's record of how his son came into the world. And part of this getting to know the message yourself should include reading the prophecies in Isaiah chapters 7 and 9 and 53, and in Micah chapter 5. Read the prophecies. And then to get a full and more rounded picture of the message, read Hebrews chapter 1, which takes us back even before the birth of Christ. And there you'll see what God the Father said to and about God the Son, even before the Son came into the world. It's an amazing passage. So get to know the message of Christmas yourself. And here are five essential truths that we as dads need to know. Number one, we need to get to know what Jesus' pre-incarnate existence means. 
And again, you'll see that in Hebrews chapter 1 and in John chapter 1. Number two, study Jesus' perfection. You'll see that in the four Gospels, how perfect and sinless he was. And number three, learn about Jesus' payment for our sins. And of course, that is coming into the gospel, how Christ died for our sins and was buried and rose again the third day, which brings us to truth number four that we've got to know, and that is find out what Jesus' power over death means. Understand that he rose from the dead and conquered sin, conquered death for us when he rose from the dead. And truth number five, take Jesus' promise of everlasting life for those who believe on him for yourself. To keep Christmas well, it would mean to honor the one who was born. And how better to honor him than to believe what he said, to believe who he was, to receive him and to follow him and submit to him as our own Lord and Master. So suggestion number one for keeping Christmas well is know the message yourself. Make the message your own. And number two, teach the message to your kids. Teach the message to your kids. Psalm 78 says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. This passage is all about the Jewish fathers of the Old Testament teaching the following, the succeeding, the next generations about what God had done in their past. Now, he says here in verse 4, to show to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. And I want to ask, what could be a more wonderful work that God has done than the fact that God became human flesh and entered into space and time to dwell among us? The message of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. As Charles Wesley wrote in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Jesus was pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. First Timothy calls it the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. What could be more wonderful than that? And so, although we are not Jewish fathers in the Old Testament, we need to do what they said here in Psalm 78, to pass on, to show to the generation to come God's wonderful works. Our identity as men is not entirely dependent on our relationships with our wives and children. A man can be a man without even being married, of course. But to us as dads, our greatest responsibilities in life are in those relationships. And once a life-altering truth takes hold on us as dads, if it's a universal truth, that is, a truth that everyone ought to know and submit to, then we have got to pass that truth on to our families we can't keep it to ourselves. How do we do this? Well, that leads to suggestion number three. Read stories that engage your children's interest in the story of Jesus' birth. You've heard me mention before the books by Arnold E. Traid, Jotham's Journey, Bartholomew's Passage, and Ishtar's Odyssey. And each year, I read one of these stories to my family. The whole family gathers in the living room each night of December, leading up to Christmas, and I read to them. 
and this time throughout the Christmas season, has become one of our most cherished traditions at this time of year. It brings us together as a family. We feel like we get to personally know the characters in the stories. And by the way, Arnold Etrite is a master storyteller. If I were going to learn from someone, sit at the feet of someone who knows how to weave a story, I would pay good money to listen to this man teach how to tell a story. So we listen to these stories, we get to know the characters, and then we rejoice together when each story dovetails toward the end into the birth of the Savior. Just for some clarification, we do love the stories, and I read them every year, but I don't agree with all of Mr. E-Trade's doctrinal viewpoints. So should we throw these books away? Should we sharpie them out? No. These books also provide something else besides entertainment and education and a warm feeling. They also provide an avenue for me to teach my children God's Word. So when I come across something in Mr. Etride's books, as I do with any book that I don't agree with doctrinally, I can point out to them, here's what the Bible teaches. And of course, that's our responsibility as dads. You'll hear me mention several books on this podcast that I don't fully endorse. Some of these books come from doctrinal perspectives that might even contain some heresy. And yet I think there's enough good in the books that I can say, hey, I recommend the book. Just keep your Bible handy and filter everything through the Word of God. And that's what we have to do with everything else, isn't it? So there are going to be books on this podcast that I recommend. I might even narrate books that I don't fully agree with, but I think there's enough good content in them to say, here, here's a book that you should read or you should listen to, and I recommend this book. So back to Mr. E-Trade's Christmas books. I love his books. My family loves his books. And here's what we love about them. We love how Mr. E-Trade continually weaves the hope of Messiah's birth and the prophecies of his birth into the stories. And these elements help me as a dad keep the birth of Jesus Christ before my children's thinking. It helps me to pass that message on. Suggestion number four, become familiar with Christmas carols and then help your children do the same. There are two elements that seem to really stand out at Christmas time. Have you ever noticed this? These two elements are lights and music. What would Christmas be without lights and music? I I can't even imagine Christmas without lights and music. One of my family's traditions, maybe your family has something similar, is going on a drive at least one night in the Christmas season to look at the lights in downtown. For us, it's downtown Honolulu. They call it Honolulu City Lights, and it's beautiful. And if you've never seen a palm tree wrapped in Christmas lights, you haven't lived yet. (laughs) But uh, we, we go down to downtown Honolulu and look at the lights. We drive through some of the neighborhoods, look at the lights in the neighborhoods, And while we look at the lights, we do something else. We listen to music, to the music of Christmas. Now let me, again, just be right up front with you. I admit, we've got a few songs like White Christmas and Silver Bells in our playlist, but the majority of our Christmas music is just that, music that focuses on Christ. We can also do a little more than listen to the Christmas songs. We can also read about them. And here are two very enjoyable, engaging books that we are reading this year as a family. The first one is called Come Let Us Adore Him, Stories Behind the Most Cherished Christmas Hymns by Robert Morgan. And he very simply tells the stories of many of the well-known songs. 
And the second book we are reading is called Stories of Christmas Carols by Ernest Imurian. I mentioned this several episodes back. Both of these books contain well-written stories behind the hymns, the carols that we sing at Christmas time. Read these stories yourself, get to know them, and read them to your children. Let them know, for example, that Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World to put Psalm 98 into rhyming lyrical format. Tell them, tell your kids how a great evangelist over 200 years ago wrote a Christmas hymn, and then his friend, also an evangelist, altered his lyrics before publishing the song, and we sing the altered version as Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Teach your children how the word Noel very possibly comes from an English greeting on Christmas morning, Now All Is Well, contracted and shortened through the years to become Noel. And you'll find these stories and many more like them in those two books I just mentioned. As you and I become familiar with the Christmas carols, here's something else we can do together as families. Sing. Sing the carols together. Now, don't let the professional studio musicians hog the joy for themselves. There's joy in singing. And as a dad who's been singing with his wife since even before we had our firstborn child, I can testify that some of the most joy-filled moments in my family have been when we sing together. Here are some ideas for singing as a family. Sing at home. Sing at home when you have family time. Sing at home. Whether at Christmas or any other time of the year, sing at home. Sing in the family car. When you're riding to church or going to the store, sing in the car together. Sing together at church. I can't stress that enough. Our children will value what we value. And if we show them that we value worshiping God together with God's redeemed people as a called out assembly, singing God's praises, singing his wonderful works, singing about redemption, singing about the Savior's coming, then our children will tend to value that too. Here's another idea that we have found so enjoyable together as a family. Go to the home of someone who has a hard time getting out. I think the old-fashioned word is shut-in. I'm not sure that's politically correct anymore. But go to the home of a shut-in and sing Christmas carols for them. If you've never done this, oh, you should see the look on their faces when you sing for them, when you show up at their door, and then when you sing for them. And there's another idea that's similar to that. Take your family to sing for the people who live in an assisted living center, or again, the old-fashioned term, an old folks home. My family just did this with our church uh, last weekend, and oh, what a joy. What a joy it was for us to sing for them, and what a joy it was for them to hear the singing. I, I can't get over the look on the faces of those elderly men and women who live in a really nice place, but they're very lonely. And to have a group of people come in with smiling faces and joy and sing about Jesus for them, it just thrilled them. It made them so happy. And it also, I think, opened up some doors for ongoing service opportunities, ministry opportunities, open doors to go back and talk with some of those people and spend time with some of those people and maybe just sit by their bedside or sit in their, in their little living room in their apartment and get to know them and perhaps introduce some of them to the Savior about whom we say. The point is, sing together as a family. And as we sing these great old songs and become familiar with their words, we can then think more deeply on their meanings. Think about these words. You've probably sung them, 
But think about these words from the second stanza, second verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Listen to these words. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Have you ever thought about those words? Deep, deep truth. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that's the word. Wonderful. The wonderful work of God in bringing his son into the world to be our savior. Emmanuel, God with us. And the more we sing these songs together, the more opportunities we as dads have to teach our children about the wonder of Jesus coming into this world and what it all means. My fifth suggestion kind of springs out of that idea of singing for an old folks' home, and that is, as a family, share the message of Christ's birth with others. There's several ways to do this. A very practical way is to keep some good Christmas-themed gospel tracts ready. Right after Thanksgiving, our church has Christmas-themed gospel tracts ready for our members to use, and maybe you've experienced this if you are in the habit of giving out gospel tracts, at Christmas time, people are much more ready to receive a gospel tract if you just say, Merry Christmas, or Happy Holidays even. People seem much more willing to receive a gospel tract. In the show notes for this episode, episode 21, Keep Christmas Well at treasureboxbooks.com, you'll find a link to a tract that we use, that we're using this year, this Christmas. Here's another idea for sharing the message of Christ's birth with others. This was something that my nine-year-old son came up with himself. I didn't uh, recommend it. He did it himself. He drew the characters of the nativity, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus on pieces of plywood, and he asked me to cut them out for him. So I did that with a table saw and with a scroll saw, and then he painted the faces and clothes on the wood, and then he surprised me. I was out yesterday afternoon when I came home, Guess what was standing next to our mailbox? The nativity scene that he had painted himself. And so what's he doing? Well, he's trying to share the message of Christmas in his way. And I was just thrilled uh, that my nine-year-old son had the initiative to create this way, this method of just reminding our neighborhood this is what Christmas is about. Here's another idea. If your family has some musical ability... How about hosting a Christmas sing-along or a Christmas concert in your living room or in your front yard for your neighborhood? Last year, we held our very first annual Christmas concert right in our front yard. Several of the neighbors came, and then a very pleasant surprise to me, several neighbors in the last month or so have said to me, is your family going to sing again this year? Are you going to have a concert again? And I was happy to say, yes, we are planning that. So, Lord willing, Christmas afternoon, we'll be doing that in our front yard. And we might even live stream it on Facebook. Another idea for sharing the message of Christmas as a family is to invite a friend to attend church with your family this Christmas. There are many ways, and I would love to hear what you guys have to say, or what you are doing, or what you have done in the past that are ways to help your family, to lead your family, to share the message of Christmas with others. Now, having said all of this, giving these five suggestions, let me say, 
plainly that there's no guarantee that your children or my children will sense the wonder of Christmas or worship the Christ of Christmas just by our putting these five suggestions into practice. So there's one more bonus suggestion I'd like to highly recommend, and that is this. Pray that your children will truly worship the Son of God and trust in Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was born 2,000 years ago, whose birth we're celebrating. We, with our wives at our sides, can do everything humanly possible to instill the amazing wonder of Christmas into our children's hearts. But if we do this alone, that is, we as dads by ourselves, or just we as dads and our wives, if we do this alone without God's help, we'll be working in vain. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So while we do all we can and should to keep Christmas well and to help our children keep Christmas well, we need to cooperate with God, confess our dependence on Him, confess our lack of wisdom to Him as we do the part that we know that we need to do. So really, it all boils down to this. The whole point is keep Christ before our children's minds and hearts at Christmas time. Keep him the focal point. Keep him the center of attention. If we can keep Jesus the center of attention this season, we will be keeping Christmas well. Let our prayer be that someday our children, when they're grown up, they know exactly what keeping Christmas well means and how to keep Christmas well, even after we're gone, because their dads showed them how. May you have a wonderful Merry Christmas as you keep Christmas well this year. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below, or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books. <laughs>